1940s golden age of radio oh 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 turn back that dial and stay for a while the times are a changing a podcast a new sound taking it back do you hear that you hear that we're on a new track a new track hello everyone hello and and welcome welcome to to another episode of the The second Second golden Golden age Age of radio with your host richard templeman and your other host i'm kelly tolly we would like to welcome you to a special episode and i say special because one of our listeners and followers joe soar has given us a suggestion for a show to listen to today so we will be listening to an episode of zero hour before i forget to mention it let's welcome jacob chapman to the show and his first guest appearance on the second golden age of radio hi jacob hello richard and kelly i'm so excited and honored to be part of this program i've listened to episodes of it and i'm a fan we also would like to get to know you what is your history with old time radio tell us your stories tell us i know you have them my history with old time radio goes back to when i was a wee lad back when tape cassettes were still in regular use in the 90s And my grandpa gave my dad a collection of old comedy radio shows like uh, Phil Harris and Alice Faye and The Bob Hope Show and Fred Allen and Jack Benny, Charlie McCarthy and lots of old good famous stuff. I loved them. We had 30 tapes and there were three shows per tape and I listened to all of them and I had them all memorized and whenever I've gotten into something as a kid especially i would just listen and listen over and over and over to it so i got to know those really well but there's still so many shows that i don't know about and that i'm excited to learn about and hear so it'll be fun to do this all right i'll be right back with more details on zero hour the zero hour radio series Rod Serling. You're listening to the Zero Hour. Actually aired 1973 to 1974. Rest your eyes. So technically out of the scope of the range of the golden age of radio. Exercise your imagination. That it was in the style of the golden age of radio. Today, Keith Walker's double tale of terror in space. It was a drama anthology series hosted by Rod Serling. Starring William Shatner. With tales of mystery, adventure, and suspense. In a mutual broadcasting system presentation of... The Zero Hour. The program was broadcast for two seasons, and some of the scripts were even written by Rod Serling. Now, does that sound familiar to you guys? Is that something that sounds like a familiar tale? Well, if it rings true, it rings true. Because the Twilight Zone television series was written 
and directed, hosted by Rod Serling. So this seems like it's in that same vein. This is the Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. Originally, it was placed into syndication. We've heard of that one before. And the series was picked up by the Mutual Broadcasting System in December of 73. It would feature a five-part drama broadcast Monday through Friday with the story coming to a conclusion on Friday. So that's different than a lot of the radio shows we've listened to. They were about 30 minutes long. Then the affiliates could broadcast the series anytime slot they wanted to, hence syndication. But in 1974, they aired five days a week, but changed to a full story, single 30-minute installment. So that could be the episode we're listening to because that's more convenient. All right, so basically that's the gist of it. There's a lot of different guest stars, including Patty Duke. I'm so excited to listen to Rod Serling and hear all of what he has to say. So it should be a fun time. Seems like this is going to be a fun one, and we have Jacob, too, so that's really exciting. Thank you, Jacob, for joining us. Okay, without further ado, we will be listening to the Zero Hour episode, Skylab, Are You There?, which originally aired May 30th, 1974. Let's go have a listen to the episode, shall we? I can't wait. We'll be right back. Beyond the fragile envelope of air that protects this planet lurk many mysteries of the universe not yet revealed to us. But consider this. Perhaps they have been. But there is a decree from some higher authority that will not allow us to be told. What then? How are you coming, John? North Pole, the tricky. Number four still won't extend. Wait. I thought I felt something move. Anything? No, for a minute then. I'll keep working. Dick Conroy, are you copying? Roger, Dick. We are now depressurizing labs. Back to me tonight. Right, moving hack. Jack, Ed signs are weakening. Roger, you. Stand by. Houston, it's possible that when the panel popped, its torque caused the station to spin. That must be corrected immediately. Angle rotation will cause orbit decay. Dick, here are the figures for the shoot. Good. Dick, you're going to wipe yourself out. Can the sympathy. I'm sorry, you're right. These show the Saturn on pad 9 will be operational in 11 hours. How about Eckert? He's lucky. He just finished simulation. He'll be ready when we are. Well, let's give the good news to Skylab. Potter, activate the link. Skylab, do you copy? This is Houston, Skylab. Are you there? Dick, I'm getting telemetry on the lab, but... But what? You're not going to believe this. There is no telemetry on life sign. That can't be. See for yourself. That's crazy. According to this, there's no one on the station. Rescue, this is Houston. Go ahead, Houston. You are to prepare for return. We're reprogramming for re-entry, and we'll feed the data shortly. We have several assignments for you to accomplish before then. I'm copying. Set up the cabin for video scan. We're going to fine-tooth comb on video for examination. Also have the infrared adapter ready. Then pull all film from the analyzers and transfer to your vehicle. We are looking at our Skylab team. Plus, there is one human form with them. You mean they're up here with me? The way it looks. The infra-images are very hazy, but I'm sure it's Pat Kent, Jack Elton, and Colonel Ebb. The other form is gesturing and pointing towards the scanner. Oh. <sighs> We've lost the scan. Oscar, are you all right? Yeah, yeah. Just lots of spots before my eyes. 
Rescue, this is Houston. We're getting no visual on infra. Switch back. Houston. Oh, John? John? Is that you? Very much so, Dick. Alive and well. Oh! Pat said your heart stopped. Dick, I must request that we discontinue conversation. Would you please go to Scum on the priority circuit? Roger. Switching now. Roger, Houston. Dick, we've been requested to keep the following information secret, at least for a time. Colonel Ebb was brought back to life. Houston, the alien's name was Hobb. It left a message for us to play as explanation. Jack is integrating it into your circuits. Are you receiving visual? Yes. What is that thing? They call it a communicube. A paper recorder? In a way. As they explain it, the cube projects audio and visual into any receiver, electronic or the mind. Stand by. Hop is my designator. I am a special monitor assigned to your planet. For the past 600 years, it has been my duty to observe and report your progress toward space exploration. I represent, in your reference term, the Council of Worlds, a higher order civilization of 2,000 world planets. The Council is responsible for admitting new worlds into the Federation when they have attained a proper civilized level. Your planet has not yet attained that status. As the observer, I am gifted with the ability to read alternate futures. When the death of Colonel Ebb occurred, it changed the future course of Earth's progress. This could not be allowed, and thus the Council gave permission for re-life. To explain, Colonel Ebb is, will be, the dominating personality responsible for your reaching the civilized status for membership. He is, will also be, needed for future contact and space exploration. You are advised under maximum penalty to hold this information in absolute secret. Under no circumstance is this to be broadcast to the people of Earth at this time. This is Hob. We will be waiting. I'm Rod Serling. Close your eyes, exercise your imagination, and join us again on our next presentation of The Zero Hour. Skylab, Are You There? is an original radio drama written by Keith Walker. William Shatner was heard as Richard Cogler. Featured in the cast were Jacques Denbo, Kathleen Cordell, Casey Kasem, Les Tremaine, and Jack Crucian. Zero Hour, created by J.M. Polis, directed by Don Hills, is produced in Hollywood for the Mutual Broadcasting System by Radio Productions Incorporated. Music is composed and conducted by Stanley D. Hoffman, Rochelle Sherman, associate producer. This has been a presentation of the Mutual Broadcasting System. All right, welcome back. We just got done listening to Skylab. Are you there? Reminds me of Barbara Streisand. Papa, can you hear me? Or, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Anywho... Kelly, are you there? Kelly, do you hear me? Do you want to build a snowman? Thank you, Kelly. It was okay. 
You snuck in a little William Shatner on me there. Pretty exciting. And Shaggy. American Top 40. Hello, it's me, Casey Kasham. I am here to be the voice on many a radio show. Uh, also, fun factner, William Shatner was in this. <laughs> I did sneak him on you. And I agree with your sentiment. The episode was only okay. It was just kind of blah. Like, it was a so-so episode of Star Trek, is how I felt of it. Fun factner, Jacob. Richard has been trying to get me to watch Star Trek with him for years now. Years! To some extent, successful. I've watched a few episodes, I've watched movies, but... He would say that I have disappointed him in my ability to watch that. So, the episode, yeah, I thought it was okay. It was not that exciting. Like Richard said, it was a so-so episode of Star Trek. Um, it was interesting to me how on the radio, since they can't do like we do in television now, can just show the conversation going back and forth, they have to make it this, like, the whole time to indicate that they're like talking through space and it was really just distracting I couldn't hear a lot of the episode because you know my hearing's not 100% anyway but it made it difficult to hear and I thought well that's an interesting thing for the radio but that's all um I'm sure I have more thoughts. I'm interested to hear your guys as well. Yeah, so it sounds like this episode suffers from overproduction, perhaps, with the sound effects going so far as to distort the voices over the intercom, which is a nice effect, but if it bars us from hearing what they're saying clearly, then maybe it was a mistake. I also felt like it was almost like an Apollo 13 movie, except for not quite as dramatic. It was like, they're missing. Let's have a press conference. Let's not tell anyone that they're missing. We'll just say it's a communications issue. Oh, they really weren't missing. They were just phased out into another dimension momentarily. And beyond that, that was the highest excitement of the episode. When they're like, oh, they're alive. And they're back. They communicated with an alien. Yay. Shh. You're not supposed to tell them about the alien. Oh, that's right. The alien is a secret. Only they can know about it. Sir, we tried to record that transmission, but since it was a secret, it wouldn't record. First rule of Space Club, never talk about Space Club. How else are we going to get into the international secret agency that we really, really need to be a part of? See, you're already thinking of more fun plots than this episode was actually about. I think we can roll with that idea. We could call it Space Club. Yo, 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 yo. See how hip I made that? Hip or like a little bit racially iffy? Not my intention, Miss Kelly, but... I guess we can still do something hip and cool without appropriating any kind of race, because it would be a new race, an alien race. So we'd have to make up the culture. Okay, I'm down for that then. I agree with this. 
alien racial quality that we're discussing. And, uh, yep. Love the app. It's very strange <laughs> and boring. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm pro recontextualizationing it. And a recontextualizing we will go. Yes, sad but true, Jacob. Not all of them can be winners. Sometimes we pick a good episode, sometimes we pick a bad one. This one was a little bit snoozeworthy, if I do say so myself. So Kelly and Jacob, I think we have discussed the merits of the episode best we could, and I agree with Jacob. Boring! Boring as soap operas that are boring or something. We want to jazz it up, make it more interesting, make it more understandable, make it more modern. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Zero Hour. Zero Hour is not only a time, but a place. And that place is in between midnight. It is in between one o'clock. It is in between two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and back to twelve. It is a place where weird things happen and strange ideas emerge. It is a place we go into the zero hour. We zoom in on a room that is in a space odyssey mission control. We zoom in further and we see a man who is beautiful, a beautiful specimen of a man. He is the best looking man there ever has been. And he says to his colleague, Jennifer, Jennifer Tilden, Jennifer Tilden, we've sent a man out and now the media has gotten a hold of it and they know that we can't get a hold of the man, and the man could be missing or dead. So I might have to send you, 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 Jennifer Tilden, I might have to send you to get that man. This is a very big mission, and it will have lots of action, and it will not be boring, and it will be exciting. And in fact, in this mission control room, I have to run around it and push many buttons to get this thing going. So can you please go in the pod, Jennifer Tilden? Please go in the pod. The drama is real. If you can't find him in the next 34 hours, we're all dead. Okay, Ryan, let me get this straight. The guy over there on the bench, you, you think he's very attractive and you want me, Jennifer Tilden, me, Jennifer Tilden, to go, like, hop in the golf cart and ride, like, what, I don't know, 10 yards to go talk to him for you? Question mark? I know it's been a long day and we're looking for some fun. But, I mean, he's right there. Jennifer. Jennifer Tilden. You know what I want you to do. Me, Brian, Dirk, missing a guy that I think is really attractive. He's been missing in space. We sent him out into space. And I do, I need you, I need you, Jennifer Tilden, my first officer, to go and find this missing man for yours truly, Captain Dirk, Brian, Dirk. Yes. I think you understand what I want. Oh. 
Okay then, Brian, Dirk, Captain Dirk, um, so we're in space, alright, um, so I'll just get in this spaceship, golf cart, spaceship and, um, go find the very attractive man who's lost in space. Yes! Yes, Jennifer. Take the Battlestar Galflactica over to him now. He may be dead. He may be dying. He, he may be in need of our assistance. Godspeed. And don't forget to take a detailed log of everything that you encounter on your journey. Hey there, um, you really handsome guy on the bench. Who, me? My friend and I were wondering if you would be interested in going to grab a drink with us later. We could go to the other dimension. What do you think? It's like this, it's bar. It's, I can text you the directions. Oh, I'm interested. I just need to get your number. Um, I'm interested in you and your face and your female status. But I'll text you the directions. It's really easy to get there. Yes, my number is 555-4823. Great, I'll text you the directions and we'll meet you there at 7. I'm Jennifer Tilden, by the way. We'll talk to you more tonight. Okay, so I walked over there. I mean, I got in a spaceship, battleship. Battlestar Galactica, and um, I rode over there, and he is handsome, I will say that, but I don't think he's, and he did say he was kind of thirsty, so if you wanted to buy him a drink, it's, here's the number, here's his number, I, I think I took down all the digits, I was trying to be precise for you. Commander. You'll have to try again. Get the precise digits so I can contact him. Okay, but for real? Like, I already went over there. He gave me his number, 555-4823. 555-4823. Captain Dirk, I'm not sure how I can make this transmission any clearer. Maybe you should go out and check it out for yourself. I don't know, I mean, he said maybe he'll see you at seven? in that new bar down the road, the other dimension, I think it's what it's called. You wanna get the golf cart? I'll be glad to give it to, to you so you can like catch up with him. Captain, Captain Dirk, on an away mission? It's so dangerous it just might work. All right, you pick me up in the Battlestar Galactica, and we will go to the other Dimension discotheque, and we will save our man. It's all going to work perfectly. All right, I'll do it. And you will accompany me and be my number one. Okay, then let's. I'll pick you up on the golf cart at seven, and we'll go to the other dimension. I've been kind of wanting to check it out anyway, so. That could be fun. Actually, I'm really excited, and I think it might just be crazy enough that it will work. 
By golly, Captain Dirk, this is super exciting. Oh, why, hello, Jennifer Tilden. I didn't think you'd make it here at the other dimension, but I see it's 7 o'clock and here you are. Oh, and who's this gentleman you've brought with you? I thought it was just going to be a meeting between you and I. Um, it's my buddy Brian. He likes to hear about Captain Dirk. Just, he, he's pretty handsome too, but just... Pleasure to make your acquaintance. We thought you were missing. Hello, Brian. Good to meet you. Uh, missing? I didn't... I don't know what you're referring to. Do you mean I was uh, having trouble finding this place? Because, yeah, uh, Jennifer, your directions weren't great. Jennifer, his memory might have been compromised. Uh, yes, that is what I meant. That you were lost on the way to this establishment. I'm so glad you could make it. Thanks, Brian. You're very welcoming. Bartender, give us a round of drinks for me and my two friends. Here is three space dusts. It's really great beer. Here you guys go. Perfect. Thank you, bartender. That'll be all for now. So, Jennifer, you mentioned something about how handsome I was while sitting on the bench. I'd like to uh, hear more about what you think about me. Oh, um, well, you, you are very handsome. And my friend Brian, Captain Dirk, he's definitely interested in getting to know you more. And uh, that's really what I was thinking about talking to you about more was just my friend Brian. Uh, I mean, you are very, very handsome. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Jennifer Tilden thinks you're really handsome. Jennifer Tilden. That response you just gave him was excellent. But if I could whisper into your ear, you're being an awful wingman right now, Jennifer. You're the worst. I think he likes you more than he likes me, and that's a conflict I'm not ready to deal with. I'm sorry, Brian. I'm working on it. I, I'm trying to steer the conversation in your direction as best as I can. I don't know how this happened, but he's so handsome. Might I speak to you alone, young, handsome gentleman? It is true that Jennifer Tilden has manipulated the stars and brought us together. But it is not Jennifer Tilden who I think you should align your allegiance with. It is I, Brian Dirk, Captain Dirk, of the Battlestar Galactica. As a gentleman, handsome as you, we're lost in space. I have rescued you, and now we can travel the universe together. What do you say? Wow, I feel so fortunate. First, a woman expresses interests in me for the first time in many years. Then, my even deeper passion of wanting to explore the stars comes up again, and I have a real possibility and a chance at both. Jennifer, I know you expressed interest in me before, and I'm honored, flattered. In a way, I'm completely disbelieving. And you seem like the kind of woman that I'd have a great time getting to know and maybe even pursue a romantic relationship with. But even before I was interested in women, I was interested in exploring space. Brian has given me a once in a lifetime opportunity 
to pursue my deepest dream. I hope you'll forgive me, Jennifer, if I part ways with you just this once. Oh, wow. Really handsome guy. Um... <laughs> I'm really sorry that you're not interested. I mean, I know that you're interested, um, but yeah, you have a great time with Brian and space, okay? You guys have a great time. It's been lovely getting to know you. And unbeknownst to Jennifer Tilden, Brian Dirk had a secret. That golf cart was secretly souped up to be an actual Battlestar Golf Lactica. And as soon as the gentlemen agreed to Captain Dirk's proposition, they stepped into the golf cart. And it closed the door and the windows automatically. And it started rising in the air. And to Jennifer Tilden's sh shock and awe, they flew into the stars and disappeared in the night sky. Wow. I did not see that coming. Uh, he's really going to space. I'm really going to space. <laughs> I just thought he wanted to get him in the bed. Wow. Jacob, it's so fun having you doing this with us. <laughs> um, we'll have to see how it all goes together, but it seems like it's going to be way more fun than the actual episode was. Yes, thank you, Jacob, for joining us on this episode of The Zero Hour. Yeah, which had more twists and turns and more entertainment than the original episode ever could. Very good job. A special thank you to Marco Polo again for bringing us all together in three different states doing a podcast together seamlessly. Thanks for having me on the show. It was so fun. You guys are great. And it was fun to reinterpret this, this stuff together. It was a true joy. And I'm grateful. Thank you. It was fun, guys. Hopefully we'll do it again soon. Thanks for listening. Also, seriously, I'm really excited to see what Richard has to do because I think it could be really, really funny if it all edits together real well. It's magical. You guys are magical. And Kelly, I didn't, I didn't mention it, but it was cool playing around with you. I think you're funny and cool. So, yeah. Aw, shucks. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of... The second, the second golden, golden age, of, age radio. of radio! I'm really going to space. <laughs> that last one is... <laughs> Kelly's character says, like, oh, you're really going to space at the end of the, sh the, end of the episode. So maybe, maybe that could be helpful to have or something.